It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Postcast. Looking back on BYU's 27-17 victory over Arizona State. The Cougars are 3-0, and we're breaking it down on this special edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast. Your reaction, my takeaways after watching that game play out. We'll get to all of it ahead on this edition. Thank you for taking the time to check us out and hope you guys are all having a great night, great day, whenever it might be that you're listening to this. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is Postcast as the Cougars take down the Sun Devils. Let's roll. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you once again for taking some time to join us here on Postcast as we recap what we learned from BYU's latest victory, 27-17 over the Arizona State Sun Devils, the 23rd-ranked Cougars, I guess ostensibly getting the upset over the 19th-ranked Sun Devils, who were favored by 3.5 points, according to more sports books, including betonline.ag, who is a sponsor with us here on Locked On Cougars, going into that contest. Now, the interesting interesting thing about this is that 3.5-point favorite status for Arizona State Typically, as a home team, you are given an automatic three-point favorite status if you're the home team. So, if you add three and three and a half together, that gives you six and a half points. Most betters, according to what I interpreted, thought that Arizona State was nearly a touchdown better than BYU. Well, lo and behold, the Cougars go out and win it 27-17, and they are now 3-0, and most assuredly going to be inside the top 20 in the national polls, maybe potentially as high as 15, depending on how people interpret this win for BYU. But a huge, huge victory, folks. I'm not going to really break down a lot of what I took away from this game on this edition of the podcast. I'm actually going to open up to you guys here momentarily, but i got to say, The play that Tyler Algier made saved this game. Imagine had Merlin Robertson been able to uh, house that interception. It was, by the way, an awful decision by Jaron Hall, and he admittedly uh, said that in post-game interviews. Awful decision. Could have been a whole lot worse, but Tyler Algier gets on his horse, chases down a former four-star linebacker who was committed to BYU at one point in Merlin Robertson. Says, you know what? I got him with my left hand here. I'm going to try something crazy. Reaches out and essentially does, if any of you are WWE fans, does like a Superman punch that you see from Roman Reigns or one of the Usos on WWE on SmackDown. Punches that ball out. And by the way, secondary credit to Jaron Hall. He did not mope. He did not just kind of waltz around and just walk off the field. He chased the play down, and guess who recovered that fumble and saved the possession for BYU? The man, Jaron Hall. What a victory for BYU, folks. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it. That was a thrilling win for BYU. And by the way, for the second straight week, the Cougars up one score, needed to grind out a drive 
to put themselves up, give themselves that opportunity. And what do they do? They carve five minutes off the clock, which is over six minutes remaining. And Baylor Romney, he's a damn legend himself. He comes in cold off of the bench after Jaron Hall goes down with what I initially feared might have been a concussion because he came down and hit his head in the turf and was down for a minute. I was terrified, folks. And by the way, Jaron Hall, he's got to take care of himself. He's got to do better to either first down, get down, or get out of bounds. Those are the three things that a quarterback needs to know when they're running with the football, and especially in the case of a guy like Jaron Hall. He said after the game that he got the air knocked out of him, the wind knocked out of him. We'll take him at his word on that. But one thing I do need to specify is I talked to somebody after the game who has a better knowledge of stuff in the postgame and said they fear it's a rib injury. Whether that's just sore ribs after falling on that football, because anybody who's fallen on a football knows how quickly it can knock the air out of you. It's absolutely something that can make you feel it. But if he has bruised ribs, a dislocated rib, maybe some cartilage damage, there could be damage in there that he can still play with, but he will not be 100%. But let's be honest, USF on its head sure doesn't look like any of the previous three teams that BYU has played. Maybe better than Arizona, though. Arizona lost to Northern Arizona. What are you doing, Wildcats? Well, anyways, crazy, crazy times. Uh, with BYU picking up the win. Awesome to see the Cougars. They're 3-0. and And it is time to dream, folks. That's one other thing I want to make clear to you guys on tonight's podcast. It is okay to dream what if for BYU at this point. It very much could be one of those special seasons. We could see back-to-back double-digit win seasons for the first time since, what, 2006, 2007? No, maybe it was, no, it was 07, 08, excuse me. Double-digit win seasons, and these two seasons will be very different, but also at the same time get more respect in some ways than I think BYU got back then. Uh, so this is this is crazy. This is a dream start for BYU, and couple that with Utah falling to one and two on the year. Well, suddenly BYU is the BMOU, big man of Utah, big man on campus, whatever you want to term it. BYU is the preeminent program in the state. And sure, Utah State's 3-0 for the first time in 43 years, but we're talking about the Aggies, so let's be real. I know you're listening, Dan. Apologies for that, but I had to take a little shot at you and your fellow uh, Dairy Ute alumnus, alumni, I guess is what I should say, the Aggies up there. And Logan, good start for the Aggies. But BYU, they're going to take the headlines, folks. What a marvelous win for BYU. When they had their backs up against the wall again, they fired back. Talking with a staff member after this game, the quote I got back, the first thing I got back is we had no doubt. Okay, well, I'll take you at your word on that. BYU, this is a team that believes in themselves. They truly believe that anybody they play right now, they can beat them. It's great to see. This has been a complete overhaul of the team culture, the team psyche, the team mentality by Kalani Sitake and his staff. And it's coming up snake, not snake eyes, it's coming up sixes right now. BYU is absolutely rolling. And it is a ton of fun to be covering it. And I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. All right, so I'm going to step aside. Of course, I will rewatch the film at some point. It's very early on Sunday morning. I'm going to get some shut-eye for a few hours probably and then wake up and rewatch this game, and I'll record another podcast for you guys and have it out to you as soon as possible, probably Sunday evening sometime. We'll get you guys uh, my my takeaways after rewatching the film. But what a win. Just crazy, crazy night. 
momentum changing plays on both sides. Uh, none bigger than Tyler Algiers play. That play will be played on BYU highlight reels for the better part of the next, what, three to four decades. We're still playing Kyle Morrell flipping over the Hawaii offensive line to drag down Raphael Cherry in 1984. And what's that been? We're coming up on 40 years since the national championship season. No reason to think that Tyler Algiers play will not be played for the next 40 years in BYU history. What an absolutely legendary effort play. And he'll never have that taken away from him. Absolutely incredible. So, all right, I will step aside here. It is your guys' turn to hear from yourselves. You guys sent in a lot of thoughts on the post-game analysis. I reached out on social media, on Twitter in particular, both at Locked On Cougars, our Twitter feed for the show, as well as my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. Please follow both of them if you don't do so already. With your reaction coming up in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. And I can tell you this much, All Guard Pest Control is headed up by one of the biggest BYU fans I know. And I know Seth is absolutely dying right now, thinking of his Cougars and what may be for this season. They're 3-0. And All Guard Pest Control, well, they're just as good in the pest control game as BYU is on the football field right now. No matter what it is, when you need your pest control, control taken care of. All Guard Pest Control is there to make sure you guys have it covered. They can come out, they have the knowledge, the know-how, the expertise to make sure any problem you have is abated and you don't have to worry about it anymore after that. So feel free to give them a call anytime you need them. 801-851-1812. They are capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. They are your local connection for all things All uh, Pest Control. All Guard will not be a company that's going to knock on your door, though. That's also one thing they don't believe in. They're not a door-to-door pest control company. That's not how they operate. They are the best of the best, and they've serviced my home for many, many years now, and I want you guys to trust them as well. So once again, 801-851-1812, or go to their website, All Guard Pest Controls, All Guard Pest Controls with an S, allguardpestcontrols.com to learn more about them. So once again, 801-851-1812, tell them over there at All Guard Pest Control that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you, or go to their website now and schedule there. That's allguardpestcontrols.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. Save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, folks, your time to shine. Let's start off with our good friend Brandon at Tangible Yogurt. We need to start scheduling some games against P4 conferences. None of this G6 stuff. Now that is a shot, Brandon. Well done, right out the gate. Obviously, BYU now 3-0 and to start their season against the Pac-12 South. If BYU beats USC, folks, and no other team in the Pac-12 South has got more than four wins, BYU absolutely should claim the Pac-12 South title and lobby to play in the Pac-12 championship. I'm only half-joking on that. Other ones, Landon Sorensen following that up. Uh, at Chele5792, hashtag Pac-12 South champs. Also says, third quarter was scary. That defensive stop the ASU had six plays in five minutes was wild. Way to finish them off. 
You're not kidding. You land an absolutely legendary performance. And yes, hashtag Pac-12 South champs might be a thing. Jacob Hibbard at Hibbard J saying, please, please let Hall be okay. Uh, it sounds like Hall says he's planning on practicing. He expects to be good to go against USF next week. I'm not going to lie. Everything I've seen from USF so far this year indicates to me that Baylor Romney could suit up and BYU probably would blow them off the field. So if there's any question about Jaron Hall's health, I'd sit him down. I know the competitor in that young man will not be happy about that, but if there's any question, this is the type of game to heal him up and get him ready for Utah State the following week. Uh, at Justin Witty saying, BYU is actually underrated last year. Ooh, now that's a hot take, Justin. An 11-1 season and being underrated. Well, we all heard that they didn't play any Power 5 teams, and we'll see how they do when they actually play real teams. Well, they're 3-0 so far, folks, and two of the games I think many of us maybe thought they were going to lose this season, they've already won. Very, very interesting. Landon Sorensen once again at Shelley 5792. Tight ends. Isaac Rex, two catches, two touchdown catches for BYU. Both of them, things of beauty. Uh, the first touchdown catch, was that play design was absolutely incredible. A great trick play, getting a misdirection going, and then Isaac Rex finds himself all alone in the end zone. Jaron Hall delivers it nicely. And then the last touchdown pass to ice the game. What a play by Baylor Romney as he rolls out, stumbles initially, tosses it up. Isaac Rex just goes up and gets it and celebrates. Absolutely awesome. Other ones coming in. Nate at ter- the Terminator says, we can show up when we need it. We are deep at every position, and Jaron needs to be okay. BYU is showing up when they need it. There's no doubt about that. They're pretty deep in positions. Offensive line, I've still got a massive question mark for BYU. Thankfully, they have not had to test that depth so far for the offensive line because they've been relatively healthy. And of course, Jaron, yes, you do need him to be okay. There is absolutely no doubt about that. You need to make sure he is okay. Other ones coming in here. Uh, Ryan Hickson saying four. Don't know what that's for about Ryan, but thank you anyways. Uh, our good friend Clint Peterson out there, Clint Knight. Uh, actually, hashtag, I actually asked on my personal Twitter feed, what are your takeaways from this win? And then Taeho Kim at TayKe says, I guess BYU is good. So there you go, Taeho Kim. Maybe you didn't tweet us directly, but worked out that way. Doug Payne at Floor Guys. Hall can't take a hit, not to sound harsh, but it sounds like a reality. For his health in the pocketbook, depending on how good he is, he should go back to baseball. Sad because he's an awesome athlete, but sometimes you're not built for a hit like that. Well, it was a scary hit. I will give you that, Doug, initially, but it sounds like everything is A-OK. So maybe he actually can take the hit. We'll see. Jake Summers at Summers underscore 1280. BYU's discipline versus ASU's disorder or dysfunction was the biggest difference for me. 3-0, baby. Let's go Cougs. Multiple exclamation points. Jake, it's very, very interesting. 18 called penalties on Arizona State, if I'm not mistaken, if I recall correctly. 15 of them accepted by BYU. And Herm Edwards in the postgame pointed directly to that as one of the undoings for his team. So crazy, crazy stuff. Clint Peterson checking in one game. Checking in once again. This BYU team is chock full of athletes. They're as good as any in a conference. You're not wrong there, Clint. BYU's off to a fantastic start. Uh, Blair Red, Peely and Hull could be very costly in terms of a victory, but exciting for sure. Sounds like Hall is okay. Let's be clear once again. The Keenan Peely thing, folks, I am actually very scared that he might be done for the year. He was on crutches late in that game. Kalani Sitake's comments were not encouraging in the least in the postgame. He's expected to undergo an MRI. And typically when you're undergoing an MRI for a knee injury is based on what they were checking on the field. 
who makes me think there's a ligament in there. Hopefully not that ACL, or else you may be looking at a season-ending injury. So very, very concerned about Keenan Peely. He's actually the most concerning injury to me. I know that guys like Isaiah Heron went out of this game out to nice and Mahe. Uh, both leaving the game. Sounds like Mahe, based on what I heard from people after the game, he's expected to be okay. I have not heard on Heron, but I am absolutely terrified that a guy like Keenan Peely may have suffered a season-ending injury. Obviously, anything I learn, I'll be passing along to you guys on future episodes. On to other comments here. Adam Vaughn. Kalani's coaching this year has been significantly better than in previous years. He gets his team playing with passion, grit, and discipline. You're not wrong there, Adam. They have flipped a switch here, and this is the sign of a mature team. This is a team that understands how to win football games. That's something that was lacking in past seasons for BYU, and it's absolutely critical that they have learned how to win games. By the way, if you're not paying attention out there, folks, 12 straight home wins for the Cougars. They have not lost at home since October 12th, 2019. Crazy, crazy stuff, but huge for BYU defending home turf down at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Steven Surprise at Steesup says, Witter's game I have ever seen. Glad with how it ended, but I feel like ASU gave it away as much as BYU won. You may be right in some ways. ASU having the four turnovers overall, if you count that fumble with Merlin Robertson, and it's absolutely a turnover. Uh, and they obviously they killed themselves with penalties. But BYU's crowd, I need to add this in here. Any of you who were at that game, I am tipping my cap to you. That was one of the finest showings by a BYU crowd of many, many years. In many, many years, absolutely. Crazy, crazy night. And Arizona State could not handle it. False start after false start. Just boneheaded decisions by them. And they just could not get out of their own way. So in some ways, yeah, maybe they did give it away. But you'll take the win. As I've said previously on this podcast, all that really matters is your team, if in this case it's BYU, having more points than the other team at the end of the night. That's all you really want. Uh, White AF at SL Tree Fitty. I like Romney, but I want Hall back, please. Sounds like you're going to get him back. So don't worry too much there. Greg L. Klingler at Greg Klingler underscore PA. O-line wore down the ASU defense. It was kind of a body blow game. BYU early on was uh, testing that Arizona State defense and had a hard time running the football. Well, late in that game, you started to see those holes open wider and wider, and Tyler Algier began to feast. And that's something that BYU relies on. They are not going to give up on the run game. They truly believe in their ability. This offensive line knows they're going to start to get that push. They're going to start to wear teams out, and that's what started to happen late in that game. Others coming in. Gordon Batty. Still a lot to improve on, but that being said, I believe they will improve every single week. They can be very special. Exciting to watch Tyler Algier. Oh, excuse me. Exciting to watch, and Tyler Algier is impressive in every way. The future looks very bright, in my opinion. Hashtag go Cougs. I like it, Gordon. I think it was a great take by you. There is still plenty to improve on. There's no doubt about that. Hans Olsen, who I did the Cougar postgame show with on the Zone Sports Network, actually said he talked to somebody after the game who believes inside the program that BYU is yet to play their best game so far. So they're 3-0 without having played their best football. What could be, folks? Keep an eye out for that. All right, other reactions coming in. BYU Hawk at Ubagia. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Need to stay on the gas. Look like the coaching staff got conservative. Never took another deep shot after the half, but that O-line gets better as the game goes on. It will continue to be an asset moving forward. When you can lean on a team and run the game and shorten the game, folks, there's no reason to take a deep shot. I did like the trick plays that BYU uncorked in that first half to break things open. Uh, That interception by Jaron Hall towards the end of the first half felt like a missed opportunity. But you know what? 
We're talking about a win. You'll take it. You move on here. Adam Vaughn at 80, bird 13. Like, kneeling on that two-point conversion, even if it probably didn't do anything, it could have been bad. I'm not sure if Kalani makes that decision in previous years. I could be wrong, but it seems like there is a difference this year, and I think it's a reference back to Kalani being a better coach uh, by a previous uh, tweeter. It's not a bad point. Uh, obviously, that decision there to take that knee is you want to avoid any potential return for two points, which all of a sudden makes it a one-possession game once again. You'll take it. It's a 10-point victory overall. Ben Bitter tweeting in, true grit, his takeaway from the game. There was some grit from BYU in this victory, and obviously sending the Jeff Bridges uh, gif and it's a good pick. Good pick there. McKay Allen, uh, McKay underscore Allen. Cool to see the progression of Sataki's tenure at BYU. His first season, BYU lost four games by a grand total of eight points. Fast forward to this season, and BYU is winning those close games. This team is grinding out wins and hope not and not hoping for a miracle. The team is controlling the outcome. Control the controllables. We hear it all the time. And that's what BYU is doing. Really, really cool to see. All right, other ones coming in. Dr. Sarcastic Coog at Blue Blood Coog. Even when we suck, we're better than the Pac-12 South. And it's got a gif of a guy going, well, it works out. It looks like it's Brian Cranston, actually, I think it is. It's from HBO. I don't know if I've seen that show, but really, really cool to see. You're right. Even when we suck, and suck's a loose term here, we're still better than the Pac-12 South. Something to celebrate. All right, a couple more before we take another timeout. Weston at Weston LG3 never had more faith in backup than Baylor Romney. You're not wrong. Baylor Romney's got ice in his veins, folks. For him to come in cold off the bench, literally cold off the bench, he took like two snaps, comes in, hands it off once, and then tosses a game-sealing touchdown pass that he stumbled first off, then has two Arizona State defenders in his face as he uncorks the pass, puts it where his receiver, speaking of Isaac Rex, can go up and get it. What an absolutely legendary play. Good on him. All right, we will uh, take a time out here. We'll come back and get some other thoughts as we wrap up this postcast edition of the podcast. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Elevate Fitness, good friends of the podcast. I know Rich is going to listen to this at some point. And Rich, you have changed my life, and I want to encourage everybody listening to this to have an opportunity to change their lives as well. Elevate Fitness is a gym located in Orem, Utah, but more importantly, their online portal, insuliniq.com slash elevate is where I want you guys to go. What it is, is Elevate Fitness has been helping me over the past six, no, almost seven months now. And I have lost 45 pounds, folks. 45 pounds. Yes. I am feeling good. I am below the weight I played high school football at my senior year. And folks, Everything that I've learned about insulin and insulin resistance from my friends, Rich and the team over at Elevate Fitness has been critical to that weight loss journey. And the more important thing is, is the weight loss is great. I look better. I'm feeling better. That, that's all great stuff. But more importantly, I'm healthier than I have been in the better part of at least a decade. Elevate Fitness and Insulin IQ are here to help you guys no matter where you might be in that journey. If you guys have interest in any of this, I want you guys to go to InsulinIQ.com slash Elevate to learn more. While you're there, you can get a free consultation. You can sign up for a free consultation with no obligation beyond that with Rich or one of the members of his team. You can do it remotely from the comfort of your home via a Zoom chat, etc. Or you can go visit them in Orem. They're just off State Street there at 400 North. Many of you might recall where that location is at. If you guys want to stop by, the 
love to have you guys stop by. But once again, first things first, go to insuliniq.com slash elevate to learn more, learn more about the system. It's been life-changing for me. I hope it can do the same for you. That is our friends at Elevate Fitness and Insulin IQ. That's insuliniq.com slash elevate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, folks, more of your reaction here on this postcast edition. Mike Dial at Dial 203. We've had two really good quarters. ASU is clearly not banging on all cylinders, and BYU has still work to do, but I'm thrilled about a win. It's actually a pretty healthy perspective. BYU did not play their best football. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Actually, the best game BYU has played so far this year was the win over Utah. I don't think it was Arizona. I don't think it was Arizona State. They played their best game against Utah, and there was still plenty to correct from that game. So there's still opportunities for BYU to improve. The fact that you're 3-0 and as a result of not playing your best football, that's just gravy on top, folks. Others coming in. Hiram Prestwich, Hiram Prestwich, excuse me, Hiram underscore P-Witch says, winning ugly is still winning. They are good and salting the game away here in the fourth. The line, He was tweeting this late in the game. The line seems to always rise to the occasion, and they did again in the fourth quarter. It's, it's a credit to the offensive line, folks. They made life miserable for Arizona State in that fourth quarter, salting that game away, as Hiram mentioned. Really, really fun. Glenn, a longtime listener of ours at G. Hansen 25. Tyler Algiers at Beeson had arguably the play of the game after the Hall interception. Not arguably. It is the play of the game. And by the way, big plays all night long. How about the forced uh, fumble on the opening kickoff? What an absolutely legendary play. Was was it Hayden Livingston forcing the fumble there? Really, really big on that play. BYU is a tenacious team. It is fun to see them do what they're doing. Doug Oldham, honestly, we have to figure out how to put four quarters of football together. It's nice to see we are resilient enough to step up when we have to, but this game should have been put out of reach with the touchdown at the end of the second quarter and a scoring drive in the third. I, I have a hard time disagreeing with you, Doug. BYU had their opportunities. They never were able to actually get over the hump there. But nonetheless, we will see if they can put together four quarters next week against USF or maybe if it comes against Utah State or later on in the season. But nonetheless, as long as BYU keeps winning, you keep taking it, right? Nick Lee, a good friend of ours as well. This coaching staff has learned how to adjust. This team has true leaders. This defense is actually good. DK Metcalf ain't got nothing on Algier. Oh, and BYU runs the Pac-12 South. Huh? Enough said there, Nick. Wow, DK Metcalf ain't got nothing on Algier. I know that's a joke because I don't see your beloved Seahawks there, Nick. Nick is a diehard Seattle Seahawks fan, and very interesting to hear him compare DK Metcalf and Tyler Algier, but very similar plays because DK Metcalf, if you recall last year, chased down a player to punch it out and get the ball back for his team. Matt Barris at Barris Matt, I'll take the win. ASU was undisciplined and BYU took advantage. Baylor is clutch. Agreed, agreed, agreed. That's all I got to say on that. Kodiak, Jumba Jake. I think BYU did have some luck on their side that ASU is so undisciplined, but it takes skill for BYU to utilize those opportunities given them to, to them by ASU. 
good win overall. And that's the thing. A mark of a good team is they will punish you for your mistakes. You're absolutely dead on there, Kodiak. A very good take from you. Tricky T, who of course is usually... Uh, Tricky T, how should we term this? Uh, negative Nelly, is that too strong of a term? I don't think it is. But I will give you credit on this one. It's a great win, but let's hold our horses a little bit. Arizona was a bad team. Utah is starting to look like a bad team, and we still don't know how good Arizona State is. However, a great start nonetheless. Let's hope they keep it up. Hashtag go Cougs. Tricky T, that's a positive comment. Bravo. I don't know if you can hear me clapping through my headset. Hopefully you do, but I appreciate that. appreciate you looking a little more on the positive this time. Jonathan Hokinson and Jonathan Hoke, uh, that game was a roller coaster of emotions. Algier came in clutch with the massive force fumble and Wake with the hurdle where huge momentum plays, and that was actually a really cool hurdle once again for Mason Wake. People know he's going to do it, and they still do it. This team is built, as, uh, as Jonathan continues, this team is built different compared to teams of the past few years ago. The sky is the limit with this squad. You're not kidding there. I think you can really start dreaming right now. Looking forward to seeing how the Cougars do here. Nick Chadwick, longtime listener as well. One, first quarter slow starts. Two, defensive line wearing down. Three, offense, second half disappeared. Third quarter disappeared. Fourth quarter showed up a little bit, just enough to win it. I would agree with you on that. First quarter was a little bit of a slow start, but I think that's something that you're going to see with a quarterback who is still very much green as far as being a starting quarterback. We have to recall that Jaron Hall played only his fifth game and started his fifth game for BYU in this contest. He's still early on. Defensive line did wear down. I think that's the result of guys like Tyler Batty and Atunai Samahe missing the final bet uh, final parts of this contest but hopefully they'll be better moving forward jeff henor weighing in next man up i love hall but i'm happy players like baylor stepped up when the starters were injured hope he batty isaiah and company are good i am with you on there jeff i don't think there's anything that needs to be added to that we'll see how things shake out tuckinator uh, t smith saying split y factor algier for the chase down or rock for bringing the noise slash confusion and penalties Quick comment, A-Rod has got guts. A-Rod does have guts. Does does have got guts, or wow, that's awful English. He has guts. He has big cojones. You know what I'm talking about. He has got a pair of brass ones, if I need to make it any more explicit for you guys. A-Rod, foot on the gas at all times, it feel like feels like he loves to attack as the offensive coordinator. And then uh, tucking air finishing off, still plenty of film to clean up. No doubt. They absolutely can clean up plenty more. All right, let's get to final few comments here before we wrap up this postcast edition. Jimmy White at Spider underscore Ant saying, I just haven't had this much fun watching BYU football since the 90s. This team just plays a better brand, excuse me, a better brand of football than it did in the Bronco era. So proud of Coach Kalani. We're very lucky to have him. I'm with you, Jimmy. And the fact that BYU is not already working on another contract extension for Kalani Sitake is a mistake. They need to lock this dude up. He has built a very, very strong foundation. You cannot allow that to fall by the wayside if he gets hired by another team. Maybe some team like USC comes in and just offers way too much money, and then you have to say, you know what, we will let you go. But you do everything within your power if you're BYU to keep him on board. Uh, Preston at Corinne Arnold at BYU Arnold's. Hard to complain too much when you're 3-0. Thrilled about the win, but BYU has a lot to work on, and one of these teams is finally going to take advantage and expose us if we don't figure some things out. But for tonight, 
We celebrate. USF is not that team. Utah State maybe is that team. They still have plenty to work on. I completely agree with you there. Ryan Roberts, a longtime friend of ours. Ryan underscore Brent underscore. Hall reminds me of Taysom in that he doesn't like to slide when he goes down. Ironic for a baseball player, but man, does he know how to lead a team to victory. You're not kidding, Ryan. And we do also do need to give a little bit of an assist there, obviously, to Baylor Romney for coming in and finishing things out. Uh, Parker Clough, you know it's a loud game when you can't hear the announcer at the game. Also, thank you, Tyler Algier, for poking that ball out. Hey, you're not kidding, Parker. It was absolutely nuts. The fans were stellar. Uh, the Conliest Manifesto at Nelson Lloyd won. Just one question. I love the Algier forced fumble, but were the chains supposed to reset on that recovery? Very happy we didn't have second and 60. Yes, the chains are supposed to reset. Every time there's a change in possession. So as soon as Merlin Robertson intercepted that pass, that was a change in possession, and Arizona State would have had first and 10 wherever he went down. Well, when Tyler Algier chases him down and punches that ball out, that's another change in possession, and then it's first and 10 from that spot. I know it's confusing, but that's how the rules are written. That's how things go. Don Lovelace at Lawn Dovelace, one of my longtime friends, my quarterback in high school, funny enough. What's up, QB1? Saying 3-0, baby. Only team to beat three P5 teams. That is a credit to BYU. They're the only FBS program out there who's beaten three Power 5 programs. This team has heart. Several moments where we could have thrown in the towel, but they are fighters. They absolutely fought. I completely agree with you, Don. You know this game as well as I do, and a big thank you for weighing in here. All right, other ones. Uh... Wade at Bacon Bacon for Schwade. What is Peely's status? Did he leave the game with an injury? Yes, he left with the injury, was on crutches at the end of the game. Uh, just reading into Kalani Satake's comments, reading between the lines, uh, it sounds like that may be the most serious of all the injuries for BYU. We'll see. I, I am praying and hoping that he's able to keep playing this season, but I've got my concerns there, folks. I, I don't know what to say. Carson Allen, it's uh, Carson. He spells it out with multiple C's, A's, R's, and S's, and O's. It's really kind of actually a unique name there on Twitter, Carson. BYU knows how to win ugly. It's all we've done so far. Jaron Hall acknowledged that's not been pretty. That is so hard in college football, and we do it well. Now we just need to put together full four quarters, and we will be a good team once we learn to play a full game. That's something to be said there. We'll see what happens. All right. Um, man, so many comments here, folks. I'm going to get to as many as I can quickly here, wrap things up here. Uh, Jacob Fisher, J.D. Fisher, thoughts on the no-call targeting penalty? That play should have been reviewed. I absolutely agree it should have been reviewed. I don't know why it wasn't. That player absolutely lowered his head, but you know what? It is what it is. He also adds that he might ASU played a little bit dirty and got away with a lot of it. The personal foul, the face mask late in the game on uh, Tyler Algier is one of the dirtiest face masks I have seen in many, many years of watching a lot of college football folks. That was a frustration foul that should have been penalized more stringently than it was, but you only can do so much within the rules of the game, and oof, that one was ugly. I'm glad that he was no worse for the wear, speaking of Tyler Algier there. All right, a couple other ones here. Micah, pronounced Micah at L underscore Moss, L underscore Micah. BYU hasn't been the best a lot of the time, but they never looked overwhelmed and just took every game one play at a time thus far. They clearly believe in each other. I agree with you, Mike. It's really fun to see this team doing what they do. The 80s dude at Pete Given 68. Unbelievable effort and play by Algier on the rundown and forced fumble. Just may have witnessed a top 25 all-time play in college football. Ooh, that's a very interesting conversation right there, Pete Given. And he also adds at the end, could you please pour as much salt as possible on the Ute dumpster fire? 
salt put out the, we have it salt in the wound, right? Not uh, gasoline on the fire. I know you're mixing your metaphors there, but you know what? Utah's one and two, folks. Obviously, things are going very well up in Salt Lake City. We all know that. Uh, Brian at 49er Coog, by the way, Brian did a great job uh, telling me before the game BYU was going to win it. You called it, Brian. Well done to you. What is the status of Heron? Is he what he asked? Keenan Ellis, what is his timetable to return? And what did you think of the DB play from this time that filled in for Heron? DB play spotty at best after Heron went out. Uh, Keenan Ellis has got a clear concussion protocol. We don't know when that ultimately will be. But once he clears it, you can expect that he'll work his way back into playing. It sounds like it's just a matter of him being cleared by the doctors and not being an, an injury risk. And we'll see what happens there. I do not know the status of Heron. That's the one guy I have not heard anything about. I will do my best to get you an update at some point on that. LV Coog at LV Coog saying winning ugly is still winning. Yeah, baby. Just win, baby. That LV Coog, you're from Las Vegas. I take it with that LV. You know the Raiders mantra. Just win, baby. And then finally, BYU Boyan at playoff bogey. Where does Tyler Algier uh, rank in the all-time BYU plays with that forced fumble? <sighs> it's up there, I'd say just off offhand. Top 20 at minimum, maybe top 10. Really, really impressive play. It's going to be on highlight reels for years, folks. There's no doubt about that. And we'll finish off with this. Um, Hopefully, I got all the comments in. If I didn't, I apologize. But I'm finishing off with this one because I completely agree with this. Bitcoin Volcanoes at Helltofer, Tyler Algier is a Banff. If you don't know what a Banff is... Don't look it up if you're a youngster because your parents will be mad, but many of you know what BAMF stands for, and Tyler Algier is absolutely a BAMF. All right, that's going to do it for this postcast edition. You guys are absolutely the best. Thank you for taking the time. As I mentioned, film review coming at some point here uh, later today because it's early Sunday morning, somewhere around 3 a.m. when I post this, but nonetheless, huge thank you for your support. The Cougars are 3-0. They're going to be high, more highly ranked. They have another home game next week. Sell out Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I know that USF doesn't have the same appeal as some of these other teams that have been coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, but get out there and support your Cougars. We will have a pair of tickets to give away as typical here on the podcast, but I want you guys, if you have an opportunity to do so, go support this team. They deserve your support. Many of you will recall the 2020, no fans were in the stands. You guys are making a difference for BYU, so go be a part of it. All right, that's going to do it. I will step aside here. Make sure you follow the show on social media once again, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. Follow me, at Jacob C. Hatch, on Twitter. And as always, feel free to reach out via email anytime you want as well. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Oh, one other note. Devin D33, a good friend of ours, a longtime friend of mine overall. He actually got the closest score prediction that I saw tweeted into us at Locked On Cougars. He predicted BYU 27, Arizona State 16. One point away, Devin. Props to you, good sir. I, I, I got to give you the props on that before we go on today's show. All right, that's it. A big thank you once again for joining us here on Postcast. Hope you all are doing great. This has been the special edition Postcast as BYU beats Arizona State 27-17 and moves to 3-0 right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.